Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Learning to Sit Still podcast. I am excited to introduce our special guest for today, but first, I just want to let you know that Sit Still My Daughter has released a new product. Yes, we have, and it is called 30 Days to Journaling, a guide to going deeper into God's Word. It is an 8 by 10 40-page journal that will help you develop the habit of journaling during your quiet time. The purpose is to take away the intimidation of journaling because I know that if you look at the way some people journal, it seems to have a lot of color, drawing, and beautiful lettering, none of which I personally possess. This journal provides you with a simple template to follow, one that I use every day in my quiet time. As someone who has been doing this for almost 20 years, I can testify to the impact it has made in my spiritual walk and growth. This journal makes a wonderful gift or even a great challenge to do with a friend, Sunday school class, Bible study group, or teen girls class. Invite them to take this 30-day challenge of reading God's word with the intention of writing down something you learned each day. You can meet back together each week and highlight one thing you learned. I promise that this will make a difference in your life and you will be amazed at the many things you will learn. This journal is now available for purchase at sitstillmydaughter.com for $6 and includes 30 journal templates plus my own personal testimony of why I began journaling, why it matters, an example sheet for the template, Bible reading plans to get you started, and some tips and resources for you to use. I have included the link in the show notes and encourage you to check it out. Now, back to our special guest. I know that you will enjoy my conversation with Debbie Russ. If you are a longtime reader of Sit Still My Daughter magazine, you might remember her from the spring 2021 edition where she shared her Miss to Mrs. story, which is the main topic of discussion today with a few other things thrown in. I promise that you will love Debbie. She is the complete opposite of a Debbie Downer and you will walk away encouraged. So get ready to be blessed by our conversation. Hi, Debbie. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Hi, Sarah. I'm so glad to be here with you and your audience today. Yes. So for those of you who don't know, Debbie actually um, wrote her story, the Miss to Mrs. story in the spring 2021 edition. So if you haven't read it, make sure you do. Um, it was a great story. I, I knew it would be. Debbie's just such a fun person. And we met, um, well, I actually, I didn't meet Debbie officially for quite some time. I think I, I'd seen her um, in a concert, but I reached out to her when I was working which I still work for, um, the nonprofit, uh, the, the um, pregnancy center, and she sings, which you'll hear about later. And um, we needed someone to sing for us at a banquet. And that's actually the first time I, I had met Debbie officially. And, and I, I doubt she'll mind if I tell you the story, but I thought it was so funny. So the first time I met Debbie, I had a different picture of her in my mind. I think um, she had darker hair and so she had changed it. <laughs> and so I was working with my people trying to get the last thing set up for the event and Debbie walks by and I had been waiting for her, but I was like, that 
doesn't quite look like her. Is that who I'm looking for? And she kind of looked at me and kept walking by. And I was like, well, maybe that's not her because we were hosting it in a church. And then she walks by again. And I'm like, you know, I think that's her. So I ran after her. And that, that was my official introduction to <laughs> Debbie <laughs> was, was getting to know her. Excuse me, are you Debbie? And she's like, yes, I am. Oh, great. I'm Sarah. So that was my first time officially meeting her. And she is just a warm, wonderful person. And I think you'll um, enjoy her story. We're going to learn a little bit about Debbie, but we're also going to explore her Miss to Mrs. story. I think these are really good stories to talk about because we need to be reminded that God has not forgotten about us. Um, you know, we hear the jokes that, you know, well, just keep waiting for your Prince Charming. He probably hasn't stopped and asked for directions because we know how men are. <laughs> Therefore, it takes a little bit longer. So um, I think it's just a great reminder that you're not forgotten and that God's timing is always perfect and it is always worth the wait. So um, let's just get to know Debbie a little bit. So tell us just a little bit about yourself or a lot. I I'll take either. Should I start with my weight? Is that where you want to start? <laughs> I did change my hair because my mother kept putting herself onto her head and my husband gets all these medical journals that show the radiation in the thin layer of the skull and for brain cancer. And I said, mama, please, please stop putting yourself onto your head. Use the headset I gave you. Use the speakerphone. And she said, uh-uh. She said, you have no business asking me to not get uh, cancer in my brain when you dye your hair every 10 to 12 days. And I said, you know what? You are right. I said, let me ask Peter if he's okay with me going gray, because I was completely gray probably by the time I was 29. And um, being in the performing arts, I thought I had to look young, you know, to get the roles, even though I was covered with a wig, who cares? And uh, so Peter said, I'd asked him like three years earlier because I was so tired of dyeing my hair. And he said, no, I don't think I'm ready for you to be gray yet. And I said, okay. So this time he was like, yeah. And I'm like, oh no, what changed? <laughs> so that's where my gray hair came in. And my mom is doing pretty well about using her speakerphone. So I'm like, hey, I'm going to have to take care of you. If you want a good experience, you'd stop putting that, that cell phone to your head. But um, oh goodness, what do you want to know? Do you want from birth to now? <laughs> I think your, your background initially is what was fascinating to me. Um, you know, just the, the career path you chose. Okay, well, God kind of chose it for me because I'm horrible in math and I wanted to be an architect and somehow you have to use math to be an architect. So <laughs> I started singing when I was, uh, I think I had my first solo in church when I was two years old. So um, I just, I've always sung and, and been a little ham. Um, not that you have to be a ham in church to sing for the Lord, but I love performing. And uh, so a friend of ours that I was babysitting for from uh, New England, she was living in the area and she said, have you ever heard of North Carolina School of the Arts? And I'm like, no, I live in the country. And she said, well, I think you should audition for them. And so I thought I was just going to go into musical theater and Come to find out, I was accepted with a full scholarship in the opera program because they didn't teach musical theater. How naive to audition for something you didn't know what they offered, right? But um, so that was the beginning of my journey for uh, a career in the performing arts. And I was blessed to get to sing all over the world and uh, lived in New York City for almost 12 years. And um, 
it was every every step was anointed by God and directed by God, which made it still a little scary at times, but um, always with confidence I could go, you know, boldly forth, knowing that He was guiding my steps. So, and that's basically how I met Peter was uh, listening to the Lord and and just waiting upon him. Sit still, my daughter. Yeah, that's such a good <laughs> phrase. I love that. I'm going to write that that's one down. That's a really good phrase. Maybe you could coin that. <laughs> I'm going to look into that. So now I, I of course, I, I read everything that's in the magazine uh, before it goes to print multiple times. Um, so I remember- yeah, That's what makes you a good editor. <laughs> I try. But I remember- Debbie's uh, opening line was just really that she had such a desire to be married. So I think that's that's a good platform to start on um, because, you know, people talk about the desire and they talk about, well, you know, um, sometimes you're going to have it and it doesn't become a, a, a real thing, you know. And I think that, you know, that's not necessarily true. God gives us a desire, but it may not be in our timing. And I think right. that's really important. So I do like to hear about girls. Um, cause I have, I have spoken to some that said, you know, I, I wasn't really interested in being married. Um, uh -huh. and then the Lord brought them somebody. So I think that'd be kind of a fun thing. So for you, cause I like the way you described it in the article. Um, and so I just thought maybe if you could share that a little bit, it would be great. I should have brought the magazine back out and read what I said back then. I have a very short memory in, unless it's for music. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember you um, mentioned about uh, you grew up and you loved to, you know, help with your siblings and. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I was buying clothes for the children. I would have one day in junior high or high school. I mean, I had the sweetest, cutest little dresses for church. Um, assuming they would all be girls for the first three or four. Right. But um, I, I love nurturing. I'm a, I love housework. I love ironing. I love cooking. I love cleaning. I just, um, I've always been that way. Mama thought it was normal for all the kids until the other three came along and said, oh, Debbie's weird. But <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? I, you have to clean up your room, Cliff. You know, Debbie's room is perfect. But um, so, yeah, I just have always been a nurturer. But I saw that exhibited by my parents. And I, I think that plays a lot into it. They were, you know, 24-7 Christian family they weren't one way on a Sunday and Wednesday night than they were from the other days of the week so we were raised in a very loving nurturing home it wasn't perfect I was in it you know but it was it was a great family I can't think of any other family I'd rather be a part of but um yeah just love doing anything to help anyone I got in a lot of trouble trying to help people without them asking so that still happens <laughs> it's like ask first then do don't do and then ask if that's okay that's been a hard lesson for me to learn <laughs> but yeah I I always wanted to be married it wasn't something I was always searching for because I think as um someone that has a desire to be married and you are walking with the Lord he's going to keep your mind stayed on him if we're in the center of his will and listening to him i think listening as much as asking is is as important um just to be still and hear his voice through scripture through the holy spirit through hymns i mean there's so much wealth in the older hymns um 
but knowing and hiding his word in your heart because you can be mowing the yard and he'll bring scripture to your mind and point out something that you are that I had a hole in that you know I had skipped over and was like oh yes thank you for showing me um I noticed the correlation between God's chastening of his children and my work on stage because a lot of performers when a a conductor or a director gives a correction kind of get haughty about it like what do you mean that was the wrong choice to make but I loved it because of how God had shown me when he gives me a correction it's always better if I follow you know, so when the conductor would say, no, your tempo is too slow, or you're not on the beat, Debbie, or you're dragging there, and I'm not going to slow down the orchestra, keep up with me, watch me. I, it always reminded me of how God says, uh-uh, don't go off on your own, watch me, I will guide you, keep your eyes on me. Mm. That, I think, played a, a big part in helping me to be a success on stage, um, knowing what God's rules were. And I'm still learning constantly, daily, I'm learning. Yeah, but, um, yeah, it's always a journey to learn. And I think it's it's important. I like, I like the little part about, you know, how you love to nurture and stuff because so many girls today are being fed empowerment, uh, leadership. And, you know, we are called to be leaders in our own areas, leaders of the home, leaders in our, in our own community. You see throughout history, women did lead. They led, they, they led in, in keeping things homey or, you know, even within the community, they, um, were the ones that ministered grace and brought food or, you know, nurtured other people's souls. So I, I think it's something that we're almost losing touch on a little bit that women are not embracing their full calling anymore. It's not a bad thing to be a nurturer. Uh, it's not a bad thing to be a, uh, to enjoy cooking or the household chores. It doesn't make you weird. It's what we were created. I think it's what we were designed to be yes. because look at the, we were not blessed with children. That was um, a sad thing for me, but when I turn it around and say, this was not God's design for our life, then it makes it okay. Even though I wanted six children, you know, I finally gave the clothes away that I had purchased as a person, um, you know, as uh, shower gifts. Mm -hmm. And, um, but when I realized that was not going to be a realized ambition or goal for me, Whoa, I lost my track. Where were we? Um, about nurturing and being, I mean, we're raising the next generation, yes. whether it's you're teaching the children in Sunday school or ministering to the children in your lives. That next generation is either going to fear the Lord or make sure that they themselves are first and taken care of. So I think being a wife, a mother, um, a nurse, or just being a surrogate mom or grandma or, or aunt, to those around you there is there's such power from God in that and such a blessing and when we take our eyes off of ourselves and me 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 world which we live in there's no greater position for a woman than to be a nurturer you know I might be doing something in the house and God says hey you have not even uttered this person's name and prayer to me in the last 48 hours and they just went through a major surgery don't you think it would be a good time for you to pray for them and then go write them a card 
Mm. Well, I'm not really in the mood to write. Well, guess what? If he asked me, if he, the God of the universe, the creator brings that person to mind and actually talks to me, you better believe that, you know, peeling those carrots right now can hold, go do it. Yeah. You know, or, or make sure and put it on your list to do it before you go to sleep that night. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. those gifts, we never know what God's going to use through those little touches of love and caring and nurturing. Yes. And I think mm-hmm. I heard it said um, once, you don't have to have children to be a mom. And Correct. That's I was born a mom. Yeah. And I think there are plenty of children that need love. There are plenty of children that need instruction that you can pour your life into. And I think that's always an important thing to remember um, is that you can always be used wherever you are for multiple purposes, not just, you're not limited to a, a specific title that if you don't have this title, you can't be used in that vicinity. Exactly. And there are a lot of adult children too, I might add. (laughs) So. <laughs> yes, yes, for sure. So now here's, here's the question, you know, that I think a lot of girls have in their mind as the years went by and, you know, you reached 29 and, and celebrated 29 multiple times, like many friends of mine have. Actually, I love my age. I'm 59. I've never been afraid of my age because God gave me that age. And every year is another year of growth closer to him, another year of service and another year closer to getting to see him face to face. Yes. So I, I don't agree. think I any agree. woman should ever, or any man should ever be shying away from their age. This is what God created us for. Why would I say, God, you're wrong. I'm not going to admit that I'm, you know, 225 pounds and uh, 60, you know, going on 60 and I've shrunk three inches, you know, it's part of the journey. What if I hid that and, and somebody else was struggling with it and they're like, but I can't tell anybody what's going on with me. Well, sure you can. God knows what's going on. What if you're a blessing to somebody else by being transparent? Yes. Yeah. And I, I, I agree with that. I, I've never, I've, I'm like, well, it's another year. It's wonderful. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I do, I do know that specifically when you, when the biological clock is ticking and you feel uh-huh. in your mind, you're knowing, okay, I'm hitting 30, I'm coming close to 40. You know, that the, the chances of seeing that full dream right. realize, is difficult. So for you, I, I do know that you, you married later, um, for you, like that 30 and 40, what was it Uh like for you to kind of say, okay, God, maybe it's not going to happen. You know? So I I just, I think that's an important aspect. I think when you're walking daily with the Lord and I will confess that there are days that I feel far closer to God than other days. And that's on me. That is not on him that my mind is consumed with what I want to get done that that day, what's on my calendar and what has to be done, you know, and, and God can be in the middle of that if I let him. So if I found that if you walking closely with the Lord and you know, your age and you know how, you know, your menstrual cycle is changing, the older you get, and you realize that, wow, if I have a child now, I'll be, you know, 104 when they graduate from high school. (laughs) I had a dumb kid. No, Um, (laughs) you, I think God ministered to me. And I'm not saying if you have 
um, concerns about that, that it's not something that God's allowed you to work through because God can work through anything. I'm just telling you my journey. It doesn't make it right. It doesn't make it perfect. It's not, my journey is not your journey. So I would, I would say just stick close to the Lord, know him, know his word, know his character, know the attributes of his name, hide his word in your heart. Um, see the examples through all the women in the Bible that were not able to conceive when they thought that they would conceive, they weren't perfect. You know, Sarah laughed. What was in that laugh? You know, I've heard many sermons on that. Was it like a, <laughs> or a, <laughs> right. But the Bible kind of tells us what that was about because it goes on to say, but for my journey, the closer I walked with the Lord, the, the less anxiety and um, sleepless nights and worrying about probably what would not happen or what would happen. You know, what do they say? 98% of what we worry about or 99.9% .9 of what do we worry about never happens. And the Bible tells us not to worry. And you know what time I'm afraid, trust in thee. So am I afraid that I won't have children? No, I was never afraid because I knew my God. I knew his plan for me was absolutely perfect. And what in my mind was going to be, you know, the little white house with the picket fence and the children with no mud on their face and their perfectly pressed clothes and shiny shoes and the yes mounds and no mounds and, oh, mother, may I help you set the table for dinner? <laughs> you know, we can all dream, right? <laughs> And then you hear in the paper that, you know, somebody's child murdered their parents. You're like, oh, no, that's why I don't have children. Or either the parent mother murdered the child. <laughs> that would have probably been me. <clears throat> but um, I'm such a control freak. God's working on me on that all the time, too. But um, I think the more we know our God, the one true God, Jesus Christ, the Father, the Holy Spirit, and are in tune with them, that... <sighs> the anxiety just wasn't there. And I think I mentioned in the article that I was never lonely, never, ever, ever lonely living in New York city with not, I think I had one committed walking with the Lord Christian friend one. And I had tons of people around me that I knew and knew their name and had a relationship with but one person in my crazy busy life was walking with the Lord in that area. And I was never lonely, never, not one time was I lonely because I had God, the Holy Spirit indwelt me and still does, you know, am I filled with the Holy Spirit? Not as often as I would like, but he is indwelled in, in me because I'm a believer. But the, uh, the loneliness of wanting someone happened six months before I met Peter. And I called my parents and I said, there is the strangest feeling going on. I said, I'm just, there's something inside of me. I feel like is missing. And they said, well, we've been praying about you meeting someone. And I'm like, well, obviously you've not been praying the whole time because <laughs> You know, they, they trusted God that if I was to be married, God would bring me the right man. And um, so that was easy for me. They trusted, I trusted, I knew that God was in control. Mm -hmm. So they said, 
we've been praying about that recently and we think maybe God's making room in your heart to receive your future husband. And I said, oh, okay, because I just couldn't figure it out. Nothing really had changed in my life in New York City. Um, you know, going away for months and then coming back home base and taking lessons and coaching and working and, and then going away again. So my life was full and crazy busy and uh, never a dull moment. Um, even when I slept, it wasn't dull in New York City. It's pretty loud. So, <laughs> so that was, um, and mom and dad introduced me to the online um, Christian dating site, which I had never even thought about. I went to Calvary Baptist Church, where Donald R. Hubbard was the uh, minister, the interim minister, what a blessing three and a half years he was there. Mm -hmm. And um, everybody was an octogenarian, or, you know, they were married and very few young people there. So um, there was no one to meet there in the performing arts, either they played for the other team, or they were married and running around on their spouse, or a few of them were married and loyal, but very few Christians that I ever met, mm -hmm. um, maybe Christians in name, but not living their lives for Christ. And who am I to judge, but I didn't see evidence of it. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't meeting any men that would be husband material. So, but mom and dad said, Hey, we heard on BBN an interview about this Christian dating site. And I'm like, uh, site. And they said, yeah, it's online. And I'm like, okay. And they said, we've been praying about it. And we wondered if you might pray with us and see if you thought that might be something God would have you investigate. So I was like, okay, that's kind of weird, but you're not pushing me to get married, are you? And they're like, no. So uh, we prayed about it. And um, I investigated the Christian sites. eHarmony was one that was not for me because at 13 years old, God had clearly stamped on my heart to marry a virgin. And um, of course, if somebody's been married before and, and you know, the wife died or a divorce or whatever, he would not have been a virgin. I don't know why, you know, there are some amazing men that have been married, divorced or been widowed or um, it is widow, right? Widow, widowed, widower, widower. Wid widower. Or that were a widower. There we go. Anyway, <laughs> it sounds cool, doesn't it? it? Sounds like a spider. Anyway, um, you know, that's that's no judgment here or there. I'm just sharing with you what God had placed on my heart when I was 13. And um, I was like, okay, you know, so if I met someone on eHarmony and I could not put down as a preference that I wanted someone that had never been married. And uh, I thought, I'm not wasting my time on that because I already know what God has said. And that was then, that was, goodness, uh, back in 2005. So I don't know what the situation is now. I don't need to look. <laughs> <laughs> and I met plenty of wonderful Christian people that have met their spouse on eHarmony. But I didn't want to have to go through uh, weeks of uh, initial meetings and steps because they don't open one step until the next step. Uh, to find out if they're divorced or widowed, whatever. So I uh, then was introduced to Christian Cafe and you could put exactly what you wanted on there. So I paid the membership fee and joined there and uh, 
you had to write out your testimony when you accepted Christ, what your life verses were, where God had you in ministry now, as far as how are you growing? Um, what is your heart beat for the Lord? And it was intense. I mean, it was very, um, very directed and Christ centered. Now I'm sure there were people on there that got on there just to play the game. But, um, after about two months on there in my quiet time, God said, you have to be so specific. What is your list? And I was like, okay, I've had a list my whole life of what I wanted in a husband. I think it's perfectly fine that God, God does everything decently in an order. You know, God had lists uh, all through the Bible of qualifications, as we were talking about earlier, qualifications for a pastor, you know, do you meet these qualifications? That's a list, you know, um, if you want to walk with me, this is a list. It's, it's not legalism. It's these are the guidelines that I want you to live your best life for me, for my glory. Then these are the guidelines you need to stay in. You know, keep yourself pure. Keep your mind pure. Keep your heart pure. That's a list. And then he goes on how graciously to tell us how to do that. So um, I had a list. I had a long list. I had a list that no man could meet, I would have thought. And so I put down exactly, I didn't care if he had hair, which is good because he doesn't. Um, <laughs> oh, he's got some, but not all of it. And um, I wanted a man with a heart for the Lord that was kind, that was generous in his um affection for the Lord that wasn't ashamed to speak for Christ, but was led by the spirit, not just going out saying, you know, tonight's soul winning night, and I'm not going to let the whole Holy Spirit prepare my heart for it, you know, to say the words you have me to say, um, you know, and we don't win souls anyway, God does, we share by our lives, by our example, by the way we treat others, by our integrity, I wanted a man with integrity beyond reproach, I wanted somebody that was honest beyond reproach, that was financially secure, that knew how to handle things God's way. Um, my list was very extensive. So I had not been specific up until that time until, like I said, about two months after I had uh, joined um, Christian Cafe. And out of 300,000 men, one name came up that matched my criteria. And it was Peter C. Russ, now my husband. So uh, that, that to me was a miracle because a lot of names had come up, a lot of names. And I waited for them to approach me. Um, I think I approached one guy. I think that was Peter. And, um, you know, and I was an open book, you know, I, in my sharing online, I just told him, I'm a rotund woman. I'm strong. You know, my friends say, hey, Debbie, can you pass me the piano? Um, you know, God is first. He hasn't, you know, every day, every moment of my life, I has not been first. Uh, I kept myself pure and I expect for my future husband to have kept himself pure. And all of my friends would say, Debbie, you are crazy. Nowadays, there is no man that's going to be a virgin. And I'm like, you don't know my God. If my God has kept me pure with my drive, which was strong, 
you know, we, God gives us those desires. He created us to crave the opposite sex in the holy union of marriage. But I kept myself pure and I was living in a very wicked city around very wicked people and was tempted of the world by the world and, but didn't have to waver, didn't feel a huge stress on my life because of my continual walk with the Lord. And I attribute that to Christ and to my parents and that wonderful support and that prayer support and knowing, you know, when I step off the wrong way that the Holy Spirit is going to give me a warning. And I always pray it's going to be a whisper. I never want to hear the Holy Spirit yell at me, you know, and he can, or he can give me over to my evil ways. And I never want that because mm-hmm. it doesn't take but one moment for me to make the wrong choice. And when I look at other people that have made bad choices, I think, Lord, that could be me. I am one choice away from doing something that would dishonor Christ, dishonor my parents, and uh, blemish my testimony. You know, and I have not lived a perfect life, but God in his mercy has kept me from falling into a lot of the world's traps. Mm-hmm. You know, but... Yeah, so that's part of the journey. And I I don't, I know personally for me, I had no problem um, looking into a Christian site with a Christian testimony to let God reveal who he wanted me to become one with as my spouse. What's the difference between going out on a date to... Um, a park or a restaurant to meet someone that I've never met before, but yet I'm meeting them online. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, and for me personally, I don't understand the difference. Mm-hmm. I'm getting to know their heart. I'm getting to know their, other than looking them right in the eye, which at that point we didn't have Zoom back in 2005, <laughs> you know, so, and he didn't even have his picture posted. So I had told him uh, after I had fallen in love with his heart and uh, he had written me letters and then about three weeks afterwards asked if he could call me and I had shared his letters with my parents. Some people may think that's totally weird, but I had never been in love. I had never dated. I was 41 years old and I had kissed a guy, but it was on stage and it was their chin or beside of their mouth. Mm-hmm. You know, I had never had a, a a love kiss. Peter was the first man I, man I ever kissed and the last man I'll ever kiss <laughs> as far as I know. But, um, you know, I didn't know my heart in love to know if I was making wise decisions. So I asked my parents if they would read the letters Peter and I were corresponding back and forth with to see if I was missing anything or if I was doing anything that was inappropriate and um I know that might be totally weird to some people but it was it was safe for me and it was a double uh protection so I had um a friend of ours that worked for the secret service run Peter's social security number I said uh I need your social security number one night on a conversation he said okay why I said because I'm gonna have your background check done on you and he said okay. And I said, you're just too good to be true. So, 
So out in DC, my avuncular one ran um, a search and, and wrote back and he said, this guy's as squeaky clean as they come. And I said, I thought he was, but I just wanted to make sure. <laughs> so uh, I may have gone on a big rabbit trail there, but um, I just I just think trusting the Lord is what's most important. Mm -hmm. I think um, the, the important thing about going down the rabbit trail is that you get the rabbit. That's always the, the most important thing. I call the rabbit. <laughs> so I think so. I think there are several good points that were made. Um, some of them subtly, you know, you just talked about, you know, you just, you lived your life. And I think that's very important. You know, and I, I'm sure I've, I've mentioned this before with, with other people and maybe on the podcast, but don't put your life on pause. Oh, you can't. No, that's no. dishonoring God. If so. God wanted you to live as a married wife and mother, then he would have already accomplished that in your life. If I haven't met a husband by the time I'm 41 and walk down the aisle at 42 and he's 52, mm -hmm. 10 years older, then that's God's perfect plan. Because look at all the maturity and the growth that he did in me mm -hmm. and in Peter before he had us become one. God is perfect. We're not. No. And no. the desire can be there. But why would we ever settle for anything less than God's best? Mm -hmm. And we do all the time. Little choices we make. Did I check with God on that? There's nothing too big or too small for him. And I've heard people say, I don't want to bother him with that. I'm like, if your best friend in the whole world, which happens to be my husband and my mother, if they come to you and ask for something so tiny, doesn't it delight you to do that for them? Mm -hmm. Why would it not de delight our father to say, wow, all they wanted was that? I'm so thrilled to give them that or wow, that's a big request. Guess what? I've already answered it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I, I think uh, it is good to point out, you know, um, there are people who are not in favor of the online dating and that is, that is fine though. I will, I will say, cause I think they're thinking, well, you're, you're intentionally going to this place and it's not like you're trusting God. You're, you're, you are looking and we're always supposed to wait on God. And I, I will say that there are people who, um, they choose to volunteer at a Christian camp for the summer with the intention of trying to find someone. And there are many times that girls have gone to college with the sole purpose of getting married. So I think it's not necessarily where you meet. It is, have you prayed about it? Are you right. like walking with the Lord? Like you said, you know, if, if this is where God's leading you, and I've spoken to several people who God clearly spoke, go this route, go online. And he allowed your, your paths to cross. I think that's an important, I do, I do recommend though, definitely look at the site, make sure Absolutely. That because I, I think I've heard about Christian cafe and I don't know if it's, it's not what it used to be. So, you know, we're not necessarily endorsing any. No, absolutely site. not. Like I said, I don't even know if they're still up. I don't know what their values are now. I read their mission statement. I read testimonials of the way they conducted business. Um, were they endorsed by uh, pastors that I liked their doctrine and understood? Um, you know, yeah, definitely do your research. And I'm not saying that God can't have you meet someone on hookup or whatever it's called. I, I'm make, making that up. I don't even know what that means. But, you know, like, you know, meet me today. 
I don't know. But There's guys so can work today, for anything. Yeah. But I wouldn't walk into a bar looking for a husband because I don't endorse drinking. Mm-hmm. You know? So I think people you're going to find there are not what you're looking for regardless. Um, So I do think that you you do pick your situation, but God can, can bring somebody from anywhere. You see that in scripture, you know, Rebecca was just like, Hey, I'll water your camels. And she didn't know that was, I'd like to marry your, your master's son. She had no idea. That's really what she was saying, because that's what he prayed for. He says, I'm praying for this specific word and you said it. So you're the lucky winner. (laughs) (laughs) So you never know. I don't even need what's behind door number two or three. Nope, that, yeah. I've got it. I, I, I'm done. You, you filled up that the camel's water tank. That you're, you're number one. You've got a great. It. I, I do believe that I, it is important to have a list as well. I think that, you know, like we're not saying that it's about height or eye color or or hair. Yeah, I didn't not, care not about that personality. Even I mean, I think there's you know some people you know write down a little like I think you know if, if you're a bubbly person you might want someone that's a bit more mellow uh they do I've read from a, a a friend and she says you know she she's very bubbly and and her husband is is very mellow and she says you know he's my anchor he keeps me kind of rooted down but she's but I spice his life up a little bit um so go. I do think you should pray about maybe certain things like that and keep that uh in 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 check but you know, when, um, I always recommend the book lady in waiting It's a phenomenal book. Uh, it was, it was a great, great book because the, the first line is what got me. It says you have just come back from your third bridesmaid tour and you reach for that heavenly hash ice cream container. And that, that line got me. Cause I was like, how did she know my life? <laughs> because <you> know, <laughs> we, we do that. So, um, she, she writes from a very understanding point, but she dedicated a chapter on these, these 10 things to look for in a man, which was, you know, can, um, can people lean on him? Uh, mm-hmm. is he compassionate? Uh, does he go the extra mile for people? Is he aware? Uh, does, is Christ the center of his life. And I thought those were, and I actually posted those uh, on my website. So you can, it's, it's under the tab, a man worth waiting for, read that. And if you, obviously this girl absolutely adores the story of Ruth, but it just so happened, Boaz exemplified all of those 10 qualities. And yes. when you read that compared to her book, uh, it was just phenomenal. I do recommend, please get that book. It's such a good book. Who is but, it? Who is that by? Tell me the title again. Um, It is by... Oh, it's lady in waiting. I ask. Lady in waiting. Lady in waiting. Yes, write that down. I will share that in the show notes just so people can find that. But lady in waiting is a phenomenal book um, because it's like you said, you're you're waiting, but you're still living, and I think that's just an important aspect to remember. But um, now, of course, we're all girls, and we love details, so we all want to know what was it like to have your first date with Peter. We all want to know that. Oh, okay. That was, I was nervous. I, because I'm like, oh my word, what's going to happen? He had finished with his patients and got on the train and left Connecticut and took the train and then the subway to uh, my apartment. I was living with two other ladies and I had asked them, could we use the guest room for, you know, this guy, Peter, that I've been talking with now for two months um, was it two months? I don't know. It was a while before we met and they're like, absolutely. You know, and of course it was all prepared. Everything for the guest room was all taken care of. And he would have to use the hall bathroom, which, you know, we shared. And, um, 
so I made this massive Southern dinner and I sent him the menu and uh, I said, and homemade biscuits to sop up the gravy. So I had enough food to feed probably 50 people. And uh, of course the house was meticulous or the apartment. We had a large apartment on the Upper West Side. And um, so he knocked on the door and this was before, um, I don't I guess we had cell phones then. I'm not even sure. Yeah, 2005, we had cell phones. And, um, and before I opened the door, I said, last chance to choose what's behind door number two. <laughs> and he said, I want door number one. <laughs> so, and he walked in and it, this was in August, uh, August 27th. And it was so hot in New York City. And I opened the door and here was this bald man with a comb over sweating and he hugs me and I'm like gross <laughs> ugh. sweat and ugh because I was like pristine clean and the air conditioning was had the house really cold or the apartment and so and he kept hugging me and I was like will you let go because <laughs> you're hot and you're sweaty <laughs> I love that honest reaction. We didn't. Oh my gosh! And of course, I was pressed and crisp and everything, and now I was like sweaty. (laughs) Um, He smelled good, good though, so that was good. So he he took my shoulders and he held me back, and we just looked at each other because this is the first time we'd ever seen each other. He did finally send pictures, so I knew what he looked like. Of course, I had two or three pictures on my site. So we just talked and talked and talked and talked and he got there after work. So it was about supper time. So um, I had the table set and um, of course we prayed before and we prayed over the phone a lot. So that was nothing new to pray together. And um, he has the sweetest prayer over dinner. And I'm like, honey, it's getting cold. Go ahead and wrap it up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, Debbie, you carnal woman worried about the food over the prayer. <laughs> So we ate and my uh, roommates had stayed out really late because they knew that we were going to have dinner and um, we, we just connected. And so I gave him a tour of the apartment and there was one uh, in my roommate's room. Uh, We always left our doors open if we weren't home for the circulation of the air. And there was a beautiful view of uptown Manhattan out of her bedroom window. So we went to look and he took my hand and he turned me and he kissed me. And I was like, okay, we got to stop a minute because I've always wondered what this would feel like. And he just burst out laughing because he was 51 at the time and he had dated plenty of women because he is cute as a button. Um, even with a little bit of the hair missing, he's gorgeous. I love him. Every year he gets prettier. I'm like, I can't stand it. But, um, and so that was my first kiss. And I said, do you see this on this floor? We need to put a brass plaque that said Debbie's first kiss with the last man she will ever kiss. He hadn't proposed or anything, but I just knew, you know, I just knew. So, and then the, that was a Saturday or Friday. And then Saturday we toured the city and then Sunday we went to Calvary Baptist and that's when we had our first picture together taken by this one by the fountain at Central Park. So it was great. It was a great story. We did feature that one in her story. So I remember that picture. So if you want to know what it looks like, you can, there are still (laughs) copies of that magazine available. There are five. 
going to say, I think, are, are there copies available? But, yes. um, and then he proposed, we met on August the 27th, and he proposed to me on September, the following month, September 23rd, we were going up to visit um, a former roommate that had married and had a, a child, and she was several blocks away, and we were in the elevator, and he hugged me, and he said, will you marry me? in my ear and I pulled back and I said, did you just say what I thought you said? And he said, yes, I've said it three times, but this is the first time it's come out. <laughs> I'm like, he said, I had these elaborate plans of how to propose to you. And I just, I couldn't wait. <laughs> and you were perfectly okay with that. I was fine. And we married on September the 24th, a year later, because I had a break in my performing schedule. My parents were catering caterers and that was the first opening they had so how <laughs> fine oh I I love those little details and just the I think the pure joy of of waiting for the right one and really knowing that this is the one for you and I think that's just such a great reminder and I think and, and I I know I've mentioned these things over and over because I, I think they're just such great sayings but you know I had a dear friend who she shared her story uh in a magazine uh edition and she said you know as as terrible as the season of the judges was in israel mm -hmm. god still had a boaz for ruth i mean you know we we love the story of ruth obviously this girl adores it but we forget sometimes what season it was we think oh it's marvelous you know ruth met boaz of course she did but he was probably one of the few good guys that was right. and God had preserved him because, you know, as much as we would like to think that they were, you know, 20 and, and 25, they were they were definitely older. She was somewhere um, in her probably early 30s. And uh, I will I do refuse to admit that he was in his 50s. I just would rather not. I do try to keep it a little bit, a little bit more narrow. So he was probably somewhere in his mid 40s. That's Sarah's interpretation. Don't quote it as fact. But I think he's older, but I don't have anything to base it on. I just it just looks better in my mind yeah but, of know, course in the sense though but if you the the true fact is he was single and that yes. is significant in that time period in that culture and I have heard people say well he may have been married I think that it would have mentioned it if he had been married uh before mm -hmm. but that's very significant so I do believe that even in the, the sit still my daughter uh concept of, of of Ruth you know God had preserved somebody so wonderful for her for years, knowing that Ruth would come one day and, and she would need a Boaz. So I think that's just important to remember for girls that so many, and I see so many that have done this, they compromise. They think they, you know, you some girls have written that list and they think they look at that list and they look at this guy that they're dating and they're thinking, well, he doesn't meet, but maybe one, he might be a Christian but they'll start crossing off all the other things because they're like, well, he's maybe the only one I'll get or, oh. um, and I just, my yeah. heart bleeds for that because I'm like you, every time you cross that off, you're, you're creating more and more problems for yourself right. later because character, you know, as much as we would like our spouse to be super duper cute, that will change over time. Uh -huh. And you will change too. Yes. You know, as, as lovely as we are, we all will develop at some point, some wrinkles and gray hair may or may not appear soon. Uh -huh. So those things will change, but character doesn't change who a person is, their love for God, you know, 
those are things that are they're going to matter because those are the things that will usually only increase and mature. if they are real in your life they they won't change they will as far as they will not regress yes they will yes. they will increase yeah yeah and that's why it's so important to look for that look for a man who has integrity look for a man i mean i i love i love as far as characters in the bible as far as the male character joseph is definitely my favorite i mean you know we love boaz yes because he goes with ruth that's just a given but Uh as far as joseph i mean joseph has always impressed me he lived in a wicked environment we i think sometimes we we forget that he even was in a, a a society that didn't value clothing very much either um, we like to think that they were very well dressed many times they were not so here's this young man who guarded his heart he guarded his eyes he refused to sin even though he was in the prime of his life and 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 god would grant him a, a wife at the time he was 30 so i think looking at that that's the kind of man you want you want a man who is refusing to compromise his standards, no matter how strong the temptation is, no matter how alone you are, he said, my God, that's what you always heard from Joseph, my God, my God, this, my God, right. that, and that, that's the kind of man you want is my God, my God, that, Absolutely. And I, that's, I think the number one on your list, look for that and keep that list and don't, don't cross it off. Don't cross those things off. Well, if I, if I don't, if I get rid of these, he'll be okay. And he'll, no, just, just please don't, please don't do. That's why we talk about these stories. That's why they're featured in the magazine every mm-hmm. time, because we want you to know God hears your prayer. And I think like Debbie said earlier, sometimes, you know, you may not meet him when you're 18 or 20, but that entire time you're waiting is a season of preparation for mm-hmm. what is to come. And I think that's something that we have to remember is that uh, don't get consumed with the idea of marriage um be consumed with him and right. i think we we all being god not the guy yes. <laughs> exactly and and, yeah. and you know that those sayings sometimes we, we don't like to hear it because we want to be married but i remember a, a wise man said to a a, a young man because he's like you know i have all my ducks in a row I, I you know i i have a job i have this and why can't i be married and the man looked at him and he said because you idolize marriage and that was very powerful. And, and mm-hmm. I think as young people, and even, even if you're in your thirties or forties, you're still young. Um, yes. Keep that in mind, don't, don't make marriage the number one thing in your life. This it can be, that'll be an idol. Yes. And we're warned against that. We are, we are. And I think that's so important to remember that concept is just make him first. And, you know, for those that are, uh, because you know, this episode will, will come out in August. Um, the new fall magazine is preparing, will be prepared to, to launch at that point. Um, what the story in there is choosing him first. The, the girl will share her story about, you know, she's, I had to learn to choose God first above everything else to, to really right. pursue him. And I see that common thread in a lot of these stories of these girls is when I finally pursued him, mm-hmm. something, you know, God brought this man to my Now, that is a disclaimer. We are not guaranteeing this is a magic formula. We do want no, to it's that. not. <laughs> We're all unique, uniquely and wonderfully made. I yes. think uh, someone once said, and we've heard it many times, that good is the enemy of best. Yes. So just think he's, you know, that's a good choice. But is it God's choice? Mm-hmm. Peter used to always say, just you wait. Because I said, what will happen 
when we're married and I mess up as far as disappointing you or making the wrong choice on something or, you know, if in uh, pains, you know, bite back, he said, just you wait. He said, just you wait. He said, God's love that he's ex uh, demonstrated toward me has taught me how to demonstrate that towards you. And I had asked my dad, I said, daddy, I have been 41 years, well, not that long outside of the household I left when I started undergrad school and never lived at home after that. But that was, I was 17. I said, I've been on, on my own since I was 17 and I'm 41. How in the world am I going to submit to a husband, you know, a godly husband? And he said, you won't have a problem with that at all. And I said, how do you know that? He said, because you submit to Christ. You have been submissive to me and your mom. You've been submissive to Christ. He's already given you that skill because I was really worried. I mean, I'd been an independent woman for how many years? Mm -hmm. And for all I knew, I would have been the rest of my life. So that was a, a fear assuaged. And uh, I haven't had a problem with it because I have a loving godly husband mm -hmm. and the just you wait has been proved over and over again he has mm -hmm. i have to say he has never disappointed me i'm not saying he's perfect but he is as close to it as i will ever imagine he has been so truthful so honest so why would i have wanted to marry the good-looking football player that I kind of had a like toward in high school that was, you know, on the Christian debate team and all of that. I never dated him because I was, you know, portly and funny. But, um, you know, that was the, I was looking for the guy that could carry me over the threshold, not me carry him over the threshold. You know? <laughs> and no, he did not carry me. We did want to have a healthy back. But, um, you know, uh, why would you want the physical instead of the spiritual, the heart, the the intention, the soul, the mind, the kindness, the gentleness, the the strength. Why would you want that over something that's going to fade? Yes. And I have to tell you, Peter is so much better looking now than when I met him almost 18 years ago. I mean, there's no comparison. And he's, you know, almost 20 years older. So am I. You know, it's, it's the bond that grows with Christ as the, the threefold cord. It's, it's inseparable. It's amazing. So don't settle. Mm -hmm. And I had told Peter when I hadn't seen this picture, I said, Peter, I want to be always honest with you. And I love your heart for the Lord. I love your gentleness. I love your strength. I love your intelligence. I mean, oh my stars, I'm like dirt compared to his mind. He is super, super intelligent. Um, that's my words, not his. He thinks I'm smart. Woohoo! Got another <laughs> one full. But um, I said, but I've waited my whole life for the right man. I said, so I don't know what you look like. And I'm just telling you that when I see you and if, if I'm not excited by you or I don't feel like this is the the fourth leg on the stool or the third leg, whatever makes the stool stand up, then we'll just have to be friends. I said, because I'm not going to settle. I want it all. I've waited and I don't want to settle. And he, he was so sweet. This was over the phone. He said, 
you could just hear his his mind turning. He said, well, I don't think I've ever had any complaints in that department. You know, <laughs> trying to think, has anybody said, oh, you're such an ogre. Right? <laughs> so he was, he was like, okay, you know, he's like, if you're not going to be happy, I certainly don't want to force you to marry me. And he didn't say marry, but you know. So I, I mean, I wasn't really willing to settle if he didn't, you know, appeal to me physically. And granted, he, he didn't, that sweaty little feller that got off the subway, you know? But he's he smelled good. Since then. Oh, yes. I mean, he had a shower. He had to shower before dinner. So. You're not going to touch that homemade food that I slaved over all day looking like that. That's right. So anyway, he's precious. He's a he's a gift he's a gift and i do think that your your key points there are the waiting you know and and you know this this girl talks about it all the time it's, it's the whole preface of of the podcast and anything learning to sit still it goes back to that waiting and you know the more i read scripture it's mentioned over and over about waiting i waited patiently for god those that wait on the lord uh, waiting is honestly should be at our core we need to wait you know it's not a, and i think we've we've decided that waiting's a bad thing but it's not it's a season where we can grow where we can mature and it's just such an important thing so i i really think at the core of of this is just learning to to sit still learning to wait and trust that god's best will come in his timing and i know that is difficult for us especially as we do see people um get married and they have children and their desires are being met and i think um i've always thought about joseph if you look at joseph's life he waited over 22 years to see the dream fulfilled yes we think mm -hmm. oh well he got out of prison he got all these things but he still had to wait and God right. was doing a work in, in the lives of his brothers, preparing them for this meeting. He was doing a work in Joseph's own life, preparing them for that one moment where the dream would be fulfilled. So I think it's not about how quickly it's fulfilled and that, well, if they got it faster, like you said, it's not, it's not, their story is not yours. And so if we really just focus on, on God, make him our, our complete focus and say, okay, what do you want me to learn? And I want my life to be so consumed by you that I got, what was it I read? Um, they said, date a guy who can keep up with you as you're running after God. If he can keep up with you, then that's, that's the one you want to be with. That's good. And I love that. I love that. And I think that really just summarizes your, fo your focus. Run after God and wait for the guy that can keep up with you. Absolutely. You're talking about Joseph. I also think that it's important not to fight the hard times while you're waiting. If, if the difficult times that come that are not of our own making, because we can make our, our lives very difficult if we take our eyes off of Christ and don't follow him. But the famine, that was a hard time, but look how God used that in the lives of his brothers and his father to bring around the fulfillment of that desire. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, I agree with that. And I, and I will say, I think that, you know, you're right. It, it it's not always going to be easy and that's okay, but I it do is okay. think that it's important to surround yourself with good people. I think that it's really important 
to just get that community of, of people. And that's why, like you said, you know, when you live your life, it's very, very helpful because you're, you're active. You're not just sitting in your corner saying, what was me? I, has Prince Charming come yet? Um, right. You're just you're busy and, and you're doing your things. That's death. And God didn't create us alive to see us die. Yes. Yes. So death to self. Are- yes. But that is not the, the full fruition of God's creation in us because yeah. God is not dead and we are not to live like that. Yes. Yes. So I think they say um, that, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, um, so I'm just trying to think, you know, we, we, I think we've really hit on a lot of those topics, but what's kind of just that, if you could, if you could talk to a single girl who's right now just struggling, what mm-hmm. would you say to her? To be honest with God, to get alone with him and pour your heart out and say, these are the, these are the struggles he already knows, but we need to verbalize it. Journaling. You're, you're the master at journaling. I'm not, but I'm looking forward to it. (laughs) Um, journal so that you can go back and see how God answered that prayer and showed himself to you in a different light. Don't be afraid to tell God what your struggles are, even though you know that he knows, but you need to speak it and ask him to show you why you're struggling. What is the purpose in this? What am I missing? Am I missing something? Or is this a season that you're maturing me to prepare me for what is to come, whether that involves a husband that is the desire of my heart. It may or may not be the desire of your heart, but right now what we're talking about is for those women that I, I think that's a desire God gives us. And what and would, think, this is, um, I think something really interesting too. What, what would you say would be an encouragement for those that are married? How can you, because you know, you've been on, on both sides now. What is something you wish maybe a married couple or a married woman would have said to you? Because, you know, I, I've heard it said from younger girls, you know, oh, well, you know, the married ladies come, it'll happen someday, or I know God has somebody for you, but those aren't necessarily helpful statements. No, they're not, because the someday might be next week, or the someday might be 20 years from now. Mm -hmm. And I love the fact that you said, don't stop living during the waiting. Mm -hmm. God has so much he wants to accomplish through the unique you. Mm -hmm. There's no one else in this world exactly like you. And that's so perfect for just the right situation that God has appointed to you. Are you ready to step into it? Yes. Yes. As a a married person, what would you challenge them to be? Because the singles can get forgotten. What would you say to, if someone is listening to the podcast and they're, they're married, like, well, this isn't for me. What's something that they could do to be an encouragement to a single person? Well, the Bible admonishes us older folks, whether that's, you know, 20 talking to a 15 year old or a a nearly 60 year old talking to, you know, a 37 year old, um, encourage them, show them, uh, how mature, wise women of Christ conduct themselves that we have tremendous work in front of us if we're willing to accept it uh be available take take them out for coffee or call them up on the phone it doesn't even have to involve any cost because money is tight with everybody you know call them up and say hey you want to come over and 
weed the flower bed with me or sit and talk to me while I do my work, but encourage them, be there to listen to them and don't go, oh, that's nothing. If it's important enough for them to share with you, it's on their heart. So don't blow it off. Be there and know God's word. Encourage them through the word. I'm not saying quote scripture and verse. If God has you do that, if that's the way that uh, that person responds, great. You know, quote scripture and verse, but share with them the truths of God's word and how he is forever faithful. But most of God's promises are if, then I will. So make sure we are aligned with our responsibility in order to claim that promise. Even some of the promises to Israel are pertinent to we Gentiles. Not all are, but know God's conditions for him to answer that prayer. And that's that's a day's work just to even find one answer. Mm -hmm. So maybe we're just expecting our benevolent God to come down on a cloud and lay all of our desires like pearls before our feet. And we don't even have to bend down to pick them up. Mm -hmm. That's not usually the case. There's work involved. This is a mighty gift. This is a mighty gift. So just encourage those young ones and be sensitive. Don't get so wrapped up in your life and your grocery list and what you have to do that you're not sensitive to those around you that you know, maybe they're, they're getting close to the age where they won't be able to bear children. And it's Mother's Day. That didn't affect me because I knew that God, I mean, yes, sometimes I think, wow, what would it be like? But I'm thinking, no, that's not in your book. So don't go down Satan's trail of I wish and why didn't he, you know, praise God that I am where I am and I'm exactly where he wanted me to be. Um, but there are those that are sensitive to that. So be compassionate just because it's not your issue or your problem does not mean that you cannot minister to those that, uh, are grappling with something that's heavy on their heart. Yes. Yeah. And I think those are all, those are all good things. And, um, I remember Debbie mentioned something specific in her, her article, something that she kept on her, um, her dresser. So I will not reveal that to you. If you do want to find that out, you may just have to buy the magazine with the full story and all the pictures. I mean, we know we like details. You can see her wedding picture, that first date picture. So if you really want to know about that, I definitely encourage you. That is, that is my little sales right there. Um, shamelessly. And it but. is worth it. That mag- Your magazines are so beautifully orchestrated and I love your attention to detail. Detail um, just as really high on my list <laughs> well, the, it the gets me into encourage you know and I think that you know this entire conversation has been encouraging and I think it's just a reminder again that God is faithful to those who seek him with the whole heart and he no good thing will he withhold from them who walk uprightly again that's a comparison Amen. you know there's there's yes. if you walk um so I I, I just want to encourage the girls you know again we're not giving a formula but we are saying that there is at the foundation, you must know him. And we know him how, I know y'all know what it is to sit still, <laughs> to be still and know him. I, I try to talk about this often because it is important. And I, I just appreciate, you know, you Debbie, just coming on here and be willing to, to share your story and, and you know, reveal the details, the struggles. 
Um, and I, I, I just want to thank you for really for just coming on here and, and being a part of this. Thank you, Sarah. You are always such a joy to be around and such a blessing. And God is using you mightily. One quick thing is if you're going through something hard, always count your blessings and don't go around moping. I mean, you can have your quiet tears at home and your quiet time, but who is going to be drawn to somebody that's downtrodden and woe is me? And I'm not saying fake it, but when you start counting your blessings that God has so poured upon you, there's no way that you can't attract light because you are the light. He's the light in you. Yes. Yeah. And I, I do think what we reflect is important. And if you reflect a, a countenance that's sad and miserable and disappointed, that's and not no guy's going to want to come find you if you look like that. <laughs> no. And, and you'll not draw anyone to Christ in general. You know, we're, we are a, a light, we're salt, we're a testimony. And so, you know, that when people talk about um, being discouraged or, you know, I always think they always say, you know, don't be a Debbie downer. And I was like, well, that's not my Debbie. Debbie's uh -huh. the complete opposite. <laughs> She's such a wonderful person. And Praise know, Lord. Like, it's not me. It's him in me. So, so thank you, Sarah. Yes. Thank you for coming on here, Debbie. I really appreciate it. It's my pleasure. My joy. And I'll be praying for your listeners. We all need encouragement. We all need prayer. And they're more than welcome to reach out to me if I can help minister in any way. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Was I right? Wasn't that a wonderful blessing? I love Debbie, her sweet spirit and surrendered heart to the Lord. If you are single, I pray that you are encouraged to stay strong in your commitment to the Lord and never be willing to compromise your standards just to have the title of Mrs. So-and-so. I promise that waiting on God's best is always worth it. If you would like to read Debbie's full story and see pictures, I have included the link to the magazine issue she was featured in. You can find it in the show notes. Also, don't forget to look at the new journal from Sit Still My Daughter. I pray you have a wonderful day, my friends. Let's commit to be women who dwell in the quiet place, the only place where we can know God.